Let's pray. Father God, we, we give to you your word. We thank you for giving it to us that we might learn more of who you are and who we are in you, who we are before you. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, your Spirit living in us, forgiven, accepted, adopted. Thank you. We thank you for these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. We grow, don't we? God is not finished. The day that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God is not finished with you. On that day that we receive salvation, we've only just begun. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That's us. We are being sanctified. Yes, in Christ we are seen as perfect before the eyes of God, made holy. And yet in the flesh, we still walk in this fallen world, and we are being sanctified. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. As many days as we might have on this earth, we are not going to be completed until the day of Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that we are being conformed into the image of our Savior. Romans 8, 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And so in our faith, we are expected to be in a continuous growth process. In 2 Peter uh, 3, verse 18, Peter tells us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Anybody here ever played baseball? Come on. Yeah, David Cook, are you out there? No, David Cook isn't out there. All right, I won't harass him. But, but those of you who played any kind of sport, how old were you when you began? Think about it. You're probably small, right? Young, healthy. When you stepped out onto the field for the first time, did you just like kick that soccer ball right into the goal? Did you swing that bat and nail a home run? Were you hitting like Ty Cobb or were you hitting more like the Phillies at the end of this season? They deserved that. Did you get better? The more you did it, did you get better? How was it that you got better? Practice. Did you have a coach? Did you have somebody who led that group? Did, did you have somebody who taught you what you needed to know? Did you have somebody who corrected you when you were doing something incorrect, when you are doing something wrong, he, who shared their knowledge with you that you would become a stronger player? Would you have gotten better if nobody ever played with you? If you were just out there in the field all alone, a lone, lonely loner? Nah. 
you grew into a better player because you had, you, you were surrounded by others who were striving toward, who were working toward the same goal as you were. And you had some who were more experienced than you, who were willing to, to help you and see where you were making mistakes and give you good advice and grow you up. God tells us in his word that we are a body. Ephesians chapter 4. God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love, right? The, the church is designed by God to help one another to grow in maturity in our walk with Christ. In other words, if we are Christians, we need to be connecting with other people in the body, just as God has equipped us It'll be joined together by every joint with which it's equipped. We need to be connecting with others in the body to help them grow, and perhaps even to, to be helped by them to grow ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves. We can't begin to think that we are doing church or, or the Christian life right simply because we come inside of a building and do some corporate worship one day out of the week. On a Sunday morning, just doing church the way we always have. Fulfilling some kind of religious duty. That is not church the way God's Word describes church to be. It's a body designed to build each other up. You can't come in the door, sing some songs, and leave it behind you the rest of the week. We must be invested in each other. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, we've made it all the way to verse 24. Go ahead and stand up for the reading of God's word. Acts 18.24, it says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, 
The brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. The reading of God's word. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you. Apollos. He was a Jewish Christian. Verse 25, it says, He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He was fervent in spirit, and, and in the Greek there, you ha- we're missing something here. They did a little bit of interpretation for you. It's missing a definite article, and they admit to that in the ESV down in the bottom notes, if you have those in your ESV. They, they took out the... So so what we're missing here is that Apollos was fervent in the Spirit. He had God's Spirit abiding in him. Why they chose to interpret it that way is probably because of the section after this in which we see people who only knew the baptism of John and did not have the Spirit abiding in them. But, but, But they are not Apollos. Apollos is here, right? Apollos has the Spirit abiding in him. He's fervent in it. He was eloquent. He was competent in the scriptures. He was educated in the way. He was sold out for Jesus Christ. Accurately speaking and teaching the things concerning Jesus. But Apollos was not perfect. He was not perfect in his systematic theology, knowing only the baptism of John the Baptist. It was a baptism of repentance. It was a baptism that acknowledged one's sinfulness before God, but not the once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. The baptism he knew lacked the association with Christ as we've been taught by Jesus to perform such a rite. Apollos was a believer who was not yet complete in his Christian understanding. He was a believer who was not yet complete. He was made perfect and yet being sanctified. Is there anyone here like this? You can all raise your hand if you want. Do you you know and understand all that there is to know and understand about God? Before we get too cocky, Let's remember, we're talking about the finite trying to understand the infinite. The created attempting to grasp their creator. We we are people who can only begin to understand the smallest part of an infinite eternal God. The Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts. Who can only begin to understand how he knit us together in our mother's wombs. Who can only begin to understand the foundations of the earth. As God said to Job, were you there when I did these things? No. But there are certain things that he has revealed to us about himself, aren't there? God has given us his word that we might know something about him, who he is. That we might understand him, his his morality, his love, his grace, his mercy, his perfection, his purity, his holiness. The gospel message of Jesus Christ as it's proclaimed from the first pages through the end. 1 Timothy 
All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. The Bible is a thick book, isn't it? With some difficult concept and, and some, some rich theology, all of which we are called to apply to a Christian life in a fallen world. So, God has given us one another in order to build each other up to a greater understanding and maturity according to his word. Colossians chapter 1. We are expected. God expects that we would do this. God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. This is what we are called to do, to present one another mature in Christ. We need to strive toward this maturity in Christ throughout this life because like Apollos, none of us are there yet. And if you are, come up and take this pulpit. We won't be there until the day of Jesus Christ, right? Not until the day that we, are known, we, we know as we are known, as we see him face to face. So Apollos comes to Ephesus. He begins to teach what he had learned with, with confidence. Priscilla and Aquila, they listen to him, and they hear him teaching something just a little off. So what do Priscilla and Aquila do? They, they say, they, they whisper to each other, and they say, well, somebody had better help this guy before he starts to spread this stuff around. Well, well, well Priscilla, why don't we just pray that God would lead someone to help him? I sure hope he learns better. And then they leave him alone, right? In prayer. Maybe they did say something like that, but, but they go a step further, don't they? Instead of just feeling for the guy, they took it upon themselves to cross that uncomfortable line and correct him to help him to learn the way of God more accurately than he already had it down. Priscilla and Aquila took it upon themselves to mentor Apollos, to share life with him. Having been mentored by Paul themselves, they pass on that knowledge and understanding that they had gained under his tutelage to another brother in the Lord. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 2. This is what the church was designed to do. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And yes, this passage in Galatians is referring to sinful flesh-driven transgression, but I don't think it's, it's a far step to start to apply this to any aspect of our Christian walk in which we might be falling short. 
Over and again throughout Scripture, we read that we are here to, to one another one another, to love one another, to help one another, to bless one another, to be there for one another, to correct one another, to rebuke one another. And in Priscilla and Aquila, we see a great example of that restoration, that mentoring of a brother in Christ. Verse 26. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. They heard Apollos falling short of what Jesus had taught us to do in baptism, and so they took him aside, quietly. There, there, was, there was no need to embarrass him, but there certainly was a need to correct him, wasn't there? to teach him, to guide him into a greater understanding of God's word and the teaching of Christ. And we have an even greater example in, in God himself through Christ. As the Lord treats us, so we should treat one another, shouldn't we? As he pursues us, so should we pursue one another. As Christ left the comfort of heaven to, to seek us, going even as far as the cross, giving up a, a his life in the flesh on that cross that we would be sought out. So we need to be ready to leave our comfort zone and seek one another out. As God convicts and corrects by his spirit, as he loves and encourages, as he listens and helps, so we, speaking the truth in love should do the same. The more we read and the more we understand the character of God towards us, the more we need to reflect that upon each other. Think about your church family. Are we letting people go around us? Are we ignoring them because I just don't have time for that? You put your head down walking from the sanctuary to your Sunday school class because it's just going to be a commitment I don't want to make. I don't want to get caught talking in the hallways and then miss my Sunday school class. Are we seeing people every Sunday who could use a brother or sister to lift them up, to build them up and encourage them in their walk with Christ? Don't you know how hard life is in this fallen world? I'm sure you do. We all have run into trials, tribulations, hardships. Look around you. There's 299 other people going through the same kind of stuff. We need each other. Or are we thinking that it'll just, hopefully it'll get better on its own. Maybe I'll just pray for them when I get home. Maybe God will lead somebody to them that, that can help them better than me, right? More often than not, we just put on our blinders us introverts have a hard time connecting with other people, don't we? we it takes a lot out of us to, to actually cross over that comfort zone line and, and get ourselves involved in somebody else's life. And yes, connecting with other people does take humility and it does open us up to the possibility of being hurt and rejected. I will quote to you today a great biblical truth. Please pay attention. Too bad. Too bad. We need to step out of our comfort zones and reach out to someone else. 
just as Christ has done for us, just as Priscilla and Aquila did for Apollos. When we see poor stewardship of what we've been given in Jesus Christ, be it his word or the tangible things we've been given or, or the gifts and abilities we have, we need to step in and at least ask each other, why? Why are you doing this or that with what you've been given? Yes, it is difficult to correct somebody that you don't know that well. Maybe it's even more difficult to correct those that we feel closer to perhaps even are related to. But have we tried, have we begun to build relationships with one another in which we can correct one another? Have you taken somebody under your wing? Have you shown them love and kindness from which you can step off into those areas of correction and rebuke from which they will take it because they know how much you love them? Have we built a foundation upon which we can lovingly address one another's shortfalls and bear one another's burdens. A foundation from which we can speak the truth in love. Or are we brothers and sisters in name only? I'm your brother as long as I can come in, sing some great songs, get the good feels, and go back out the door and have lunch. Because, hey, time's a ticking and my belly's aching, right? Priscilla and Aquila could have just let Apollos go on. After all, he was teaching accurately enough. The description of him at the beginning of this passage is strong. But did you see what they did for him when they came alongside of him? Apollos went from being competent and accurate at the beginning of this passage, and then look at verses 27 and 28. He wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him, wrote the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. He was a great help to those who believed. Powerful in his apologetics. The words there literally are, he was defeating the Jews publicly. They would come out and say, Jesus isn't the Christ, and he would put them in their place from Scripture. It wasn't just him being eloquent. It was the power of God's Word. He grew in his walk with Christ because he had a brother and a sister in the Lord who were willing to take some of their time, some of their knowledge and understanding, and invest it in him. As Paul had invested in Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila invested in Apollos. Apollos invested in those who through grace had believed. Those who through grace believed invested in those after. And because of all these prior investments, guess where we are? Our forefathers invested in us that we would know the truth of Christ, that we would come to understand what God has taught us in Scripture. We can't stop investing. It's not what we're called to. Invest in someone. I know some of you are doing just that. Thank you. Thank you for having heard what we've been hearing throughout the book of Acts, and now it just comes to a head right here in this passage. 
May the Lord bless the time and effort that you are purposefully giving to another brother or sister in the Lord. And I pray that that might grow into fruit. Those seeds that you're planting would just grow into fruit in their lives, just as he did with Apollos. I praise God for you and the time you're taking with someone else. Until the day that we are made complete in the presence of our Savior, we all need each other. If you're not actively investing in somebody in your church family, if you're not currently purposefully mentoring or sharing life with someone, consider who you might do that with. Consider who you might share life with and and reach out to using your gifts, your life experience, and the love of Christ that he's instilled in you to build up the church. That's why we gather together. It's not just so you can all face forward and look at my beautiful face. Yes, that was a joke. You can laugh all you want at my face. And be an Apollos as well. We need people to be the Priscilla and Aquila and reach out and cross that comfort zone, but we also need to be an Apollos. It can be difficult for somebody to step out and cross that comfort zone and ask us to spend time with them. It does take humility and courage, and and as Christian brothers and sisters, we need to recognize that. Apollos could have sent them scurrying away, oh, I don't need you. His knowledge was great, and his understanding was already rich. He could have been puffed up. But instead, he was teachable. He was reachable. Humble enough to let them speak into his life in his Christian walk. He knew that he could not do this Christian life alone. He knew that he was not yet complete. Not until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's build up the church that we might better fulfill our Acts 1-8 call to fill the gap, to share the gospel message, to bear witness to the person and works of Jesus Christ. And it all starts out with a phone call. Out of the blue, who can you call and say, I hate coffee, come have a cup of coffee with me. I know you love it. Everybody has to eat, right? Have some lunch with somebody. Share life with your family right here. Because I guarantee you, if, if you start sharing life here, if you start those relationships here, if we start learning to cross that comfort zone here and love each other, really love each other, it's going to go out of your lives, out into the world around you, and we will be bringing people into the family of Christ. Use your small group. Reach out. Share life. If the gospel news is the best news that you have ever heard, invest it in someone else. If we don't, we are missing a huge part of our call as a church, as a body. I'm going to give you an exercise right now. It's going to be hard. Okay? We're going to see how many people's necks can actually swivel. Look to your left. Look to your right. As you're looking around, find somebody you don't know. They might have been here for 40 years, but you don't know them. They might be brand new. Find somebody you don't know and step out of your comfort zone and talk to them. 
Don't hesitate. Head straight for them as soon as the benediction is done. Don't let yourself leave this place. Don't let yourself go out that door until you have purposefully gone to someone, lovingly built them up in Jesus Christ simply by saying, hey, how you doing? You new here? No, I've been here for 40 years. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to come to my Sunday school class? No, why don't you come to mine? Okay. Build each other up. Mentor. Invest. That's what we are called to, according to God's word. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you would bring to our hearts and minds, by your Holy Spirit, someone for us to invest in personally. Someone to give a part of our life because, Father, we acknowledge our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. And we are here to behave as a body. You've called us together as a body. We're here to to love each other, to build each other up, to care for one another. I pray, Father, that you help us to do just that. Father God, help us who are older to reach out to someone younger. Help us who are younger to be willing to be reached and perhaps to find somebody younger than ourselves to reach down to and lift up and pull up according to your word and in our walk with Christ. Bring them to our minds, I pray. Give us strength to do these things that are not of ourselves, but are of you and your word. We give to you our body. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.